Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So yes, the stunts of the Daniel Craig James Bond era. And of course, it does seem that that has now come to an end. That isn't a spoiler, just in case you yep. haven't seen it. In case you haven't seen it. <laughs> <clears throat> but it started with a bang in Casino Royale. And I've got to say, we, we've done the review of Casino Royale and the stunts from start to finish, really, are very impressive. And I think a lot of that is to do with Martin Campbell wanting that. Of course, the Bond producers wanted to create a Bond in inverted commas, who looked like they were doing the stunts, who looked like they could beat people up. And, you know, Pierce perhaps doesn't get enough credit for that because I thought he he looked nifty in a fight. I think the, the more on about the sort of the Roger Moore, you know, just in a view to a kill, really. I mean, uh, other than that, I don't think there's very many cases of where you look, think, oh, yes, I just can't believe that it's him doing them. Uh, I, I always feel that... You know, you, you go in generations. So, I mean, Roger's a great example of, of someone who doesn't need to do it and doesn't want to do it and yeah. realises that there are stunt guys to do it. Timothy does action, you know, to a point. And, of course, he's actually on the roof of that truck or he's on the bonnet of the truck, so he's doing all of that. And Pierce does, again, as much action as is necessary. But we've now moved to a slightly different area. Yes, new director in, uh, you know, Martin Campbell back again, different angle because it's Bond at the start of his career, but also different stunt coordinator. Now you've got Gary Powell in and Gary, his instructions from early on, even on those location reccees was to say, you know, this is absolutely essential that we make him as groundbreaking as we possibly can. We need to see him doing the job. I think there are a couple of standout moments here, which and Gary's a great example of this, where taking something and that whole idea of doing it for real is really his mantra. They've looked at it and they've done it in the past for real because they've not had an alternative but to do it for real. Well, he could, there is an option for CGI, you know, here in certain cases. But Gary and the producers and the director have said, no, no, we'll do this for real. So 
that opening sequence where you know you have uh, for, apart from the fight which is a very real fight when was that you know you, you'd never see Roger Moore have a fight like that you'd never see Pierce probably have a fight like that that's a very different type of fight then to get to the the free running sequence you know you cast uh, Sebastian Forcar as the as the character who is the guy who invented free running as we understand it I don't know whether anybody of you uh, you may have seen a documentary on Channel 4 called Jump London that was a wonderful example of, of Sebastian and his team free running and something that we've never seen before well on the strength of that this is where this came from and they realised that well if he can do it then Bond has to be able to do it as well to a point he has to do it slightly differently an example of which is where Sebastian runs along and then jumps up and dives through the top of the doorway or the window or the doorway or whatever it is Daniel comes along and crashes through the wall you know so it still needs to be him doing physical stuff the amount of work that's done there the, the extraordinary doubling to find Ben Cook and Kai yeah, Martin <laughs> uh, ben Cook and Kai Martin are two extraordinary doubles. Re- I mean, there, there are moments again where the two of them are used in close-up on on this jumping from the the building to the scissor lift that then drops down to the ground, sliding along the floor and dropping down through the hole in the floor, jumping from one side of the lift shaft to the other. I mean, there's magnificent moments, all done for real. Mm. Again, with all of these moments in these pictures, there are certain moments which are sold to the public. The action is sold to the public in the trailer. Jumping from the crane, the bungee jump in Goldeneye, you know, uh, skiing off the cliff. The jump from the crane in this movie was one of those things where, which was sold in the edit and sold in the, in the trailer. And that was a very complicated thing to do and also meant that you had Ben Cook doing the fall, the jump for Bond. You also then had Adam Curley, who was then doing the jump for Sebastian Fourcar, because the double that they had, uh, Marvin Campbell, who had been doubling him for a large proportion of the chase in those moments where he wasn't able to do or shouldn't be able to do the stuff he was doing, he got injured twisted his ankle quite badly and of course when you're looking at a job like this you're on a harness attached to a crane cable and you have to physically push off to get away from and land on the next one to then jump down onto the ground and so he wasn't able to do this and adam curley has stepped up and done it and it's no mean feat to be 200 feet in the air and you know even though you've got a wire attached to you you still have to you know, you've oh, got to have terrifying. the balls to be able to do it and uh, they did and th- I think that's, it still stands up as probably one of the great action sequences in cinema yeah. never yeah. mind yeah. in a Bond yeah. movie you know, it really does stand up as a spectacular piece of work the um, shots by Martin Campbell though as well you know the sort of you can see the height and the way the camera's moving across yeah. the wall if it was in less capable hands, they could, you know, you could easily not sell it as much as it as, as it sold. I think. Well, that's really. Uh, he's a very clever director. He's he's already proved, uh, you know, how good he is with action. How excited he gets by the whole thing about getting the, particularly when it's a pumped up action sequence. You know, yeah. yeah. Three, two, one, and he's shouting <laughs> at people, "Go, go, go!" You know, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's important to him, and it's important that he gets the right results to get that on screen. So that opening sequence kind of set the bar at right. This this guy playing Bond is a bit different. We've not seen this before, and it's special. The next major moment, I suppose, in that is the stairwell fight, which is unquestionably one of the most brutal fights, again, possibly in cinema. You know, it, it's not it's outside of the genre of just a, a basic 
fight in a Bond movie. You've never seen this, but uh, you know, Bond bleeds quite a bit in this. He's hacked to bits with a with a with a, a blade and punches, and again, the doubling is exceptional, absolutely exceptional. But o- only if it's edited correctly. Yeah, it's exactly, edited yeah. very very well, so you get a moment of the double, and then to, to sell the gag, and then you get the actor. I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Without like jumping the gun, points proven in the next film, isn't it, John? Where you've got yes. some good stunts, and yet you can't see them very well because of how badly it's yeah. edited. Yeah. That's that's the problem I think with, with with a lot of those you know you because obviously you know you, the ending of uh, of Casino runs into the start of Quantum but you've got a number of things that have happened in the meantime because obviously it's a couple of years down the line they've had they've had a change of vehicle for a start off it's not the same vehicle they've had a change of costume designer it's no longer Bri- uh, Brioni it's now Tom Ford yeah. you know they've had a number of different bits and pieces and changed it along the way so you have to try and sell the action which then takes that away from those little you know you don't want to worry too much about the fact well, even though there are people going yeah that's not the same suit he had on at the end of that movie it's supposed <laughs> to be set an hour later you know all that sort of stuff which does go through people's minds but i think the the ferocity of the action in the gary powell coordinated movies kind of makes up for moments in some of them where the plot has left on an earlier bus leaving the <laughs> audience to go not quite sure what's going on here but this looks like it might be exciting and it then carries it on that little bit further now, that opening car chase in quantum is a very good example of that where it does I think it's fabulous. I mean, it's a really that and oh, the editing's too quick. No, it's not. The editing's magnificent. If you're in that moment, you want to see those impacts and bang, and then this and cut and here. It's and loud as well. Isn't it? It's loud. It's noisy. It's engine noise. It's also someone was probably hurt though, weren't they? Someone nearly died. Yeah, the um, one of the trucks was being, uh, or he was a passenger of one of the trucks. In point of, oh no, I beg your pardon. The truck was being driven, and he was driving one of the Alphas. That's right one of the Alfa Romeos one of the interesting points that somebody else might have been a motoring journalist who mentioned and said you realise of course the chase is a complete pointless exercise Bond is driving an Aston Martin everybody else is chasing him in Alfa Romeos now within ten, five seconds of this chase all the Alphas will be parked up with their bonnets up at the side of the road because something will have gone wrong with them because that's always <laughs> what happens with an Alpha and yet you know they're standing with them uh, shot for shot the guy was a, a, a British stunt performer of a, a Greek descent called uh, Aris Kominos who was uh, one of the, the guys driving and it was a case where it was a, a pull out at the last moment and then the truck you're confronted with it and they are to drive and and go uh, head on into the truck and for whatever reason whether it was the seatbelt system it was it that was in there or I, I don't know that the full details of it uh, but certainly he was shunted forward in such a way where he had to be airlifted he's absolutely fine now but at yeah. the time there there was a, a you know a serious concern for i mean it, it had been um, that chase sequence that opening sequence had had been uh, a lot of issues had gone on. They'd lost the car in the lake at one time, if you remember. Some guy had to come out with another Aston, or because they'd got they'd got one hero car and a number of stunt action cars, but they hadn't got another. They hadn't got another hero car, and, and consequently they had to get another one flown out because, as it was being brought onto uh, from a pontoon onto the uh, onto the side, it, it dropped off into the water. 
Dude, so it's, whether it's still currently sitting at the bottom of Lake Guard or not, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, they had uh, you know a, a number of issues with the, with the production, but the action scene itself, I think, is phenomenal. And those it re- resorts back to a terrific moment uh, at the end of the chase, where he's rummaging for the machine gun. And he finally pulls the machine gun out and blasts the car with it, which then just drives off the edge of the cliff. And yeah. again, right. silence. Yeah. That moment of silence as the car just crashes and he drives very casually into Siena. You know, yep. there there are some lovely moments in there. I think it's a, I think it's a very very impressive moment. There's also that that terrific fight between Mitchell and Bond. Again, possibly running a little long, and I don't think there's enough dialogue or construction as yeah. far as the script is concerned to warrant that amount of action. But if the jumps you, are good, aren't they? Yeah, well, they've cast you know they've cast a stuntman. Glenn Foster is a stuntman mm. uh, who's been cast in the role as Mitchell, and obviously this was taken. That your role is going to be very physical, so you are going to have to be a chase sequence. And a guy who is uh, now possibly one of the best known uh, stunt people around, Bobby Holland Hampton. Uh, that was his first movie, and his first job is to double Daniel Craig. And you go, wow, what a way to start, yeah. you know? Now he's Chris Hemsworth double. On all of the uh, all of the Avengers pictures, every you know, you name it, he's he's the double. This is his first picture, and jumping from the roofs and that incredible fight in the. Um, I, and I never know what it is. Right. It's a little building yeah, site. Is it a building? They've they're constructing something, aren't they? And and they yes. fall through the glass roof. Of course, they CG the fall through the glass roof. Kai Martin then takes over to do the remainder of the physical swinging on the ropes and all that sort of stuff. And I. I thought that that would be a great way to 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 maybe end the um, pre-title yeah, the sequence. Pre-title, yeah, okay. and shoot into the bang and fires yeah. up into the screen. Definitely. So I think there's a lot of moments in that which are terrific. The plane stuff's very impressive, but again, a, yeah. a great deal of the physical flying is very good. But it wasn't again, just CGI. I know people think it might be, but it, it wasn't. It was a proper, it was wind tunnel. Yeah, they, they wind did. Tunnel, um, there's a place in Milton Keynes, I think. Skydivers can go there, or even if you're not a skydiver. But often skydivers will go there uh, if the conditions are wrong elsewhere, and and you can rehearse body shape and understand control of they fire air at you, and you can hover. You can float to find those positions that are better for you. And so they filmed a lot of the two. Daniel Craig was there, and I know that um, Olga Kudelenko was also there as well. So they were doing those sort of, particularly for those close-up dialogue shouty scenes. That was done. (laughs) That was done there. You were them in no time today. You know, so yes, take my hand. All of that sort of shouty stuff <laughs> yeah. they were doing. So oh, that was yeah. that was all done there, yeah. and then and then the physical stuff. Yeah, and the boat chase, of course. A boat chase is one of my favourite things in in Puerto Rico. They yeah. brought uh, Simon Crane back in to to direct that, and again, you know, had some had some serious talent. Wade Eastwood was back in doubling for Daniel because of his experience in boats. Really, I think more than anything else, and a, a lot of action on that, and a lot of physical action as well. Boats running into boats at speed dragging boats away guys flying through the air I mean, it's a very physical sort of stuff but um it needed more story didn't it i mean it didn't have an ending it did there was a lot of stuff going on yeah there was a right was to strike coder, wasn't it? there was a right to strike there was an actor's strike yeah was, yeah you know, there was like a two-hour edit of it i know we can't believe you're saying you want the daniel craig bond film to be longer but I think for this one, it would have, well, if there was more story to it, that and sort of yet, glued it together. And as, as a point to that, I will say, even though, you know, all right, it needs work here, it needs work there, it hasn't got an ending, it's missing a big piece of plot here, it's hugely entertaining. I yeah. can sit down, I can put it on, I can go, right, and 90 minutes later, I'm done, you know? I mean, it is, it's a, a fly-through picture, and I think it's a very, from an action point of view, I think it's terrific. It's very, very good. Um, I've somehow become the sort of 
voice for Quantum of Solace. I can't believe it. I, honestly, until I'd revisited it a couple of years ago, I was just so down on it. And I'd only I'd maybe seen it two or three times and I was just so depressed with everything. Yeah. And Skyfall felt a bit more traditional, so I was uplifted by that. But Skyfall's now, almost the independent movie that's in between the rest, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's another one-off. But I, th- I don't know, Quantum, since revisiting, it just felt more like the older Bonds in terms of the globetrotting and the stylistic. I like the look of it. I think the shots are beautiful. The locations are beautiful. Yeah. It does look good. And I know those are only secondary things. You know, the story should be the main thing. And it, it's too, it's neither here nor there. Sometimes you think it's too complicated mm. to understand the motives, but it's also not fully fleshed enough to, to sort of give it a real Bond must save the world quickly kind of thing. Quickly, Which, yeah, is, is the evidence well, there. Because yeah, quickly is it, yeah. Just when you think, ah, they're on the plane and we're going to have some dialogue now, and there's a dogfight happens out of nowhere. You go, yeah, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Almost mid-sentence, she's about to tell him something, and then bum, 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 bada, boom, the plane comes yeah, crashing through. Sure. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I put it in my um, my list of, of films that I'll watch more often, I'm, it's 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 in the top 15, I would have thought, certainly to go yeah. back and, and what a Bond film, certainly. I'll go back and watch it quite often. I think it's quite entertaining. I like Lower it a lot. You. It's lower for John Kell, I think. <laughs> I don't okay, no. too much of a dissenting voice because, you know, we've never been so positive about Quantum of Solace on a podcast. Anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's mainly me. Does it feel weird? I, I, I feel like I'm just an observer. <laughs> and, and as opposed to me countering it, I'm just going to just enjoy you guys finding some <laughs> enjoyment in that film. Right, okay. Well, that seems fair. You were more positive about Skyfall than the rest of us. When we I, I, I think Skyfall is a really good film. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of Casino Royale. I think Casino Royale is an exceptional film. And I don't have a problem with the way Craig plays Bond in it either. I think it's, it's great in what he does. I think if you compare the Casino Royale Bond to the No Time to Die Bond, I think they're absolute poles apart from each other. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, there is no consistency in that. We've gone to this vulnerable, oh, I don't know what we've gone to now. Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall's like the happy medium between the two, I'd say, really, in a lot of ways, in terms of there is quite a lot of that vulnerable emotional side in it, but there is the duty for the country in there as well. And even though it completely subverts so many formulas and expectations of Bond to the point that actually it's the only mission that he fails, it still weirdly feels more Bondian than Mm. the rest of them, arguably rather than Casino, arguably Casino Royale. That's my fault, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. stunts, though. And now the weather with Fatima. Yeah, it is a bit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tangent there. On that note, I think... Uh, well, the, the pre-title sequences are. We, we discussed it on the review. It is pretty good. I think it is pretty strong, and I like the stuff on the the motorbikes going into the market. But the train, we felt. I, I like the digger and all that stuff. That's very great. Bond. But the we said we just sort the digger of was very bomb. Just not. It's just not as good as Octopus. It's just not as well <laughs> shot. No, it isn't. It is no, no, I'm, I'm not train. disputing that. I think they, to be fair, they are two very different train sequences. I just the, mean whether on top, you know, the, the fight. The train well, in Octopus. The Gabinda fight was better, I think. The train in Octopus is more of a character, I think, than, yes, than, true, the, yeah. than the train in, in Skyfall. Although, and again, looking at it from an action perspective, but the stuff that they're doing on top of that train, they would never have done in Octopussy for 
real. You know, as we saw, that's yep. a lot of backdrop going on. If you've got the two actors there, well, you've got the two actors on top of this train, and that train's really shifting. You know, it's oh, yeah, doing yeah. 40 miles an hour, if not a little quicker. Shots, Some yep. members' shots are too quick. Yeah, there isn't yep. enough time spent on an individual punches. A bit like the, you know, the jellyfish, the hologram thing in the background. Yeah, yeah. It might uh, well, look nice, but really, what we don't really know an awful lot about what's going on, do we? I think that the also the style of fighting has changed because yeah. you, you've got um, um, it is you know you've got Andy Lister doubling Bond and Damien Walters doubling Zivillen on the top of the train, <laughs> and they've developed this style which is sort of martial artsy based and some physical type of yeah. you know taekwondo and you know also a kind of pub brawl type thing and the whole thing's brought together where you've got a, a mass of different types of styles but which kind of works there i think in in that in that type of scenario you know that the, the whole thing itself i think it's, it's from from the from the motorcycles on to the train i think works very well of course you've got the believability of the whole thing i am right on top of the character the whole time when i believe this bond can do it all He's on top of the train. He's chased it. He's got on top yeah. of this. Now he's found the zone. So he's on the. Yep. And he's fighting the guy. And then he gets shot because you know Emma said take the shot. And he falls nine thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and lands the the in seven feet of water. Yeah, and then is saved by a mermaid. He's saved, he's saved by a Very confused by what's going on yeah. here. Well, you've got me to the point where this bloke can do no wrong, and then you've sold me a Disney ending. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John, just to bring that in. Saved by a mermaid, inspired by Hook, greatest film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. It is now that is true. But it just it, that, for that moment. I mean, uh, the the technicalities of the of the of the the leaving the train. Now, bear in mind that Andy Lister is wired. He is on a wire, and he is. But he's still got to go off that train. Yeah. And I don't know how. That's you know. Three, three and a half hundred, four hundred feet, probably the, the over the top of that thing. He'll go out probably 70, 80 feet, down about 70 or 80 feet before he stopped and then winched back. But that's some some serious manoeuvre to do that. And uh, part of the fall is real. And then, of course, the rest of it is, is a CG. Although the underwater sequence, as he's falling into the sand, is done back at the studio and is Kai Martin. So he does that at the indoor yeah. tank there. You get that underwater fight that Math were always saying, it's in a pond, you know. It's good, but it, it just doesn't look real. Oh, towards the end, the underwater. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You feel like it's been done on a you know an underwater soundstage, or which it has, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, again, it, it's shot as in the shots are nice and you can see everything clearly, and it cinematically might be literate or whatever. But C- it cinematically feel, better. It's, those yeah. those occasions where you know you think, ah, this is the the North Sea. People are having a fight in the North Sea, and you can see 150 yards. You can't see six yeah, inches in front of yourself because so the, yeah. they've gone to the Bahamas to film it. That's why, because the yeah. water's better. Yeah. You know, so a similar sort of exercise there. Um, Gary Powell directed that whole. Uh, unit for the underwater fight as well uh, incidentally not just uh, coordinating it but i think it's got many many fabulous i mean the tube sequence you know. i don't want to be too down on it I no do, I do it's got rate, lots of great I do stuff rate a lot of the action. bringing in all the stunt guys again this was uh, another touch brought on by gary was that 2012 was the 50th anniversary yeah. let's see if we can bring back as many 
other stunt people who worked on all the other Bond movies mm. to have them in the picture. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. So on the escalator, I don't know whether you've swatted on the escalator going up, Bond is sliding down. There's Greg Powell on there, who's Gary's brother, who's going up. You've got uh, Rocky was in one of the cars as, as oh, uh, Bond is running down Whitehall. Paul Weston's in another car, and they've got oh. other people all over the place. They brought people in left, right, and center to say, look, let's try and get as many folk in as we can. Brilliant. So yeah, I think it's got a great deal going for it, Skyfall. I've, I've, I've been a, I've been a fan of it. I must admit, and I, I do go back to it again quite often. It is, it's, uh, it's the great. I, I think it's a nice in that in between movie. Mm. You know, there's a connection between the first two, and there's a connection between the last two, and I kind of take Skyfall at face value. Yeah, that independent film. You know what I mean? The retcon, isn't it? We keep going of, of Spectre, trying to tie them together. That isn't Skyfall's fault. Is no, it's it? not. Well, it's... I know Sam Mendes is involved, you know, the same people, the writers and everything, but it, it it shouldn't take away the sort of silver is an independent villain for that film. Yes, I think so. I mean, uh, even Sam Mendes didn't want to direct Spectre. You know, he had to be no. coerced into it. He didn't want Recurring to do it. Recurring theme, isn't it? Well, it is, you know. Coercing people back into um, it. Doesn't you um, work out very well, does it? No. No, it's it's very confusing. Oh, it's but, a way um, they, they don't need to be asked twice, do they? No, no, not at all. And also, I know we've we've gone by it already, but I just wanted to make yeah, a special going, point yeah. there with reference to um, that motorcycle sequence. Uh, again, bringing professionals in, again, yeah. lots of terrific motorcyclists, Lee Morrison being one of them, uh, yes, who doubles yes. the villain on the motorcycle uh, chase. But Robbie Madison brought in, to double Daniel Craig for that sequence, and I think it's a it's a magnificent uh, motorcycle sequence. I was always also very happy with the with the the way it looked from a the first, this is the first time Bond's used face replacement in yeah. this. To, you know, it had been used horribly before on, on a number of other pictures. Even though I knew it wasn't Daniel Craig, I was perfectly happy with the idea that that was Craig's face riding yeah. that motorcycle. I had no problem with it. You look at it now; it's only you know it's not that long ago. It's only 10 years back, and you look at it and go, hmm, it's a bit suspect, isn't it? But at the time, it was cutting edge, you know? Do you think they've improved that for the – I know it was Lee Morrison again, wasn't it, in the Matera? Yeah, they've they've moved on no end, uh, technology-wise anyway, certainly from from that perspective. They can get so detailed now. But at the time, you know, 2012, that was revolutionary. So I thought that was a a great moment as far as that was concerned. So Skyfall for me, I have, you know, it's great fun. And uh, there's lots of terrific action in it as well. Good. (laughs) Well, on to Spectre, which, again, I saw it again quite recently. And I'm like, you know what? All right. It ain't half bad, this. It ain't half bad. And there's there's bits you do differently and there's storylines that... Perhaps don't go where you want them to go, and I'd, I could lose the whole, you know, C plot with the, you know, because CCTV yeah. and all that's a bit boring, isn't it? But yeah, there's there's a lot in there. It's just have Blofeld as the background yeah. villain. It was good to introduce him. I thought that was really well done. But then just forgetting, we don't need to see him. He could just leave. We don't need to see him being. No, the the, the the idea that all these different villains can be working for an organization that's okay i don't need to know what that organization is you and i both know what that organization is and we all know but we don't need to be told about it we can keep going you know that's it (laughs) also i think now knowing that daniel uh, was practically in a wheelchair for 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 the for you know a percentage of this opening sequence where he's having to walk out casually from the hotel room and all that sort of stuff he's got a, a a big strapping on his leg and a cage or whatever the hell he had on his leg which they cg'd out you know yeah 
Um, and for me personally, I think the pre-title is brilliant. I agree. Really, yeah, really it is fabulous. Very good. I think it's a spectacular pre-title. I think that um, the amount of work that's gone into that, to and it's got. You know, we were talking earlier about balance, and we were talking about humour. It's got humour in it. Yeah, it's got it there. You know, it's those mo- that where he falls off the thing and lands on the sofa, and he's got the yeah, whatever the hell he's got in his hand. Is it a door handle he's got in his hand or a yeah. lamp? It's a lamp. He's hanging on to it, and he goes and just throws it over his shoulder. You know, little moments like that that you need to bring this character back to what we expected before. I also think, and again, Gary Powell, very, very. He's, he's a genius, he really is, at looking at stuff and doing it for real. But he's also very aware of his own capabilities. He's this extraordinary stunt coordinator, but as a fight man, he knows that the world is changing. The style of fights are changing. So he brings in a guy called Olivier Schneider, who will be familiar to many, of course, as the guy who was responsible for the fights in Taken, if you've ever yeah, seen yeah. Taken with Liam Neeson, yeah. who has a particular set of skills. <laughs> uh, well, those quick, not so much extravagant fights, but disarming your opponent in minimal movement, but enough to get that shot in the edit and, and it speeds the process up in the process up. Olivier is very good at that and he brings a guy with him called Patrick Vaux who is his assistant and fighter ranger and they do a sensational job in this picture creating that you know ever try to have a fight inside a helicopter it's not a lot of space yeah and yet yeah. you know they really make it work and they do it so well by having you know a, a number of uh, terrific doubles James Embry uh, Gordon Alexander Andy Lister hanging outside of the plane uh, with Rob Cooper Nash who's uh, who's doubling well, what's the guy's name Skiara who's the uh, who's the guy and there's some, some amazing stuff going on I also think that they tried to make up for the fact that that chopper in Goldeneye even though it said it would loop the loop never loop the loop so they got to do it in this picture instead <laughs> I think that's possibly what happened but again the guy from Red Bull there was spectacular doing doing his uh, his his flying so I love that pre-title I think yeah. it's brilliant the helicopter sequence is amazing the car chase for me is oh I don't know um can't even explain it it's there's humor it's, in it though yeah i don't mind that bit, the, the I, don't mind the, I don't mind the humor in it i don't mind the dialogue in it the no. fact that he's having a conversation with with a woman who's checking her fridge you know so that <laughs> okay fair enough i'm prepared to do that i just thought that as car chases go and as bond movie car chases go it needed to be you know it's game needed to be upped and on the basis that i think they've they've taken the two supercars and they've said, we're in Vatican City. Nobody's ever done a car chase in Vatican City before, so let's go and do that. And maybe they were not as focused on, you know, blowing stuff up or throwing yeah. cars through yeah. the air or that sort of stuff that might have given it that extra edge for Money Penny to be saying, what was that? And, and, and for Bond to sort of just, oh, no, don't worry about it. That was just, uh, you know, something. He's, he can quip yeah. and do a few bits and pieces. I don't know. I think it, it left a bit to be desired, if the truth be known. I mean, it's not as exciting as the, you know, another similar car chase in a, in a glorious ancient city. Ah, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, yes, yes. Patience, patience. Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. My, my wife um, goes reverse for about 10 metres. It's amazing. My, my <laughs> wife used to live in Matera and I didn't realise it. Um, what? I, I, yeah, when did she announce this? 
I'll tell you about this later. Sorry, apologies. Oh my she, anou- she announced this about forty-five minutes ago. <laughs> Incidentally, darling, did you know? She, she announced it when we watched it the other week. And I didn't real. I didn't know that. The most beautiful places you've ever seen. I'm, I'm like Italian, and she used to live in Bari. Which uh, are? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Which half? <laughs> <laughs> Not the better half. Ah, okay, right. Yeah, very good. And you, well, you're still married. That's the that's the yeah, main thing. You can, and this is there's a message here for everybody, folks, from a relationship perspective. It doesn't matter what happens in life; there are going to be stumbling blocks. But you know, he's John's been confronted by a major turning point here, and yet they're still happy. They're still <laughs> going on. It's not a problem. This well, is good news. Well, to quote, you making a joke on Barry Town. <laughs> to quote Daniel Craig, we all have our secrets. I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't get to yours yet. yet. <laughs> oh, oh, nice no, I want to hear more about that. that yes, uh, we'll hear about that. Well, I don't know why, but I think I'm, I think I think I heard something about Da Vinci Code, and right. in yes. my head, the famous car chase. In my head, I heard the Passion of the Christ, which is obviously which is filled at Matera. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. right. Good link. Sorry, yep. I am sorry. That is no, no. my link was. I apologise. Um, I see where you were going with that. That's uh, fair enough. My my thing with the Spectre car chase, because I love mm. the helicopter, and the helicopter is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, my issue with it is actually the talking, on the basis that when you're doing a, ch- a car chase, make the, make the car chase the focal point. Don't use it as exposition as well which they did by getting the whole mr white and that takes the tension off it now i I agree there's not many stunts in it it's it's high speed driving and there's not many bangs and all the rest of it but you don't know that anyway because you're actually just hearing about mr white while they're driving and to me that distracts it that that's my main right with the scene yeah no i see that i i would think that you know if you're going to have a car chase let's have a car chase you know, if you want to have uh, additional dialogue based around plot, then find somewhere else to have it, as opposed to have it during the chase, unless it's absolutely necessary. And this clearly wasn't, but it was just a case of maybe filling it out, which was a shame. But you know, they again, the the, the team that they brought in are those those individuals who are very proficient at being able to drive sideways at speed, like Mark Higgins and Ben Collins and Martin Ivanov doing a, a sensational job. There's a lot of chases in this movie. There's a helicopter, there's a foot yeah. chase, there's a helicopter thing, there's a car chase, and there's a plane Snow chase with cars. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of chasing going on, right? The, the, the plane um, chase with cars, I find a very frustrating chase. I really do. I, I feel the potential could be so much... And it could have been it's like the beginning of Commando, isn't it? You know, yeah. when he's he's going down, <laughs> he's going in the car, and they're coming doing the shortcut. That's right. This, on the the engine's been ripped out of the car. Yeah, Free, yeah. freewheeling. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if there was ever an option to go right. Let's have Daniel skiing. We haven't done him skiing. Let's oh, have him no, skiing no. in this one. You know, where else would you do it? Let's get that done. So that's a shame. It's you know, I don't, I don't really. Uh, there's, there's there's a few moments along the way which I have plot issues with and various other bits and pieces. But I could probably watch that pre-title and then. When the titles kick on, then I'll go back and watch the pre-title again. It's great <laughs> fun. I mean, it is. You know, it's the song, is it? The song's <laughs> dreadful. I mean, there, there have been the um, the the problem that, and they've had this for a long time. And and uh, I, I will point out. I know we we scooted over. We did Quantum and, and scooted over it. I absolutely adore Another Way to Die. It's a magnificent oh, theme. It's a brilliant guitar riff. It's a fantastic job done at short notice because obviously Amy Winehouse was going to do it and wasn't able to do it. So they. Um, for Mr. Mr. White 
ironically, Mr. White to then decide, you know, I've got an idea and, and, and go to Memphis and do it. And all right, maybe it shouldn't have been a duet is my only thing. But that driving da 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 is brilliant. So I absolutely love it. Skyfall, super tune, well done. Makes no sense, but I still like it. Which she's talking about Sherry Trifle and various other bits and pieces. But it's still it's it's a it's a Oscar winning number. Okay, cool. Spectre, writings on the wall. Just didn't get it. I don't. I still don't get it now. It's not a Bond theme because. It's not driving me along. It's not getting me excited. It's still won an Oscar for reasons better known to somebody else. So I don't understand it. It's more pool these days, isn't it? You yeah. And uh, the, the, the current the one's just won an Emmy. And you go, I'm not yeah. quite sure about that either. But uh, anyway, we'll get the to Golden that. Golden Globe. Sure. Golden Globe, I meant that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Spectre, all things considered, uh, I'm, I, I don't have a, an issue, too much of an issue with it. I mean, there's, there's a number of things going on. But action-wise, you know, you you do the best with what you can. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we find out later on down the line that maybe there were additional bits and pieces that they should have done or were thinking about doing and never did. Maybe that would have benefited the picture. You don't know, you know. But um, I think what we do see in moments in that picture are pretty good it's it's up there i'm okay with it i like the different use of locations as well you know you've you've Mm. got the the hot sort of heat of mexico city and then you're in the snow aren't you and then you're back in england which is kind of in between but it it feels a bit more less parochial because some of the other ones well skyfall there's not an awful lot of of well the the problem with the shanghai is that we've said this before you just don't really see much of shanghai other than inside of buildings you know it would have been nice to sort of because it was yeah, so, it was exactly it was sold on that sequence with the lights, yes. wasn't it? They yes. discovered that that area where it, the lights changed, and it was all and yeah. visually they went, oh, visually, that's exciting. Great, yeah. And then they go in, they go and do the internal shot of the, of the air, was that the airport there or not? I don't yes, think so. Was it the real one? So yeah, that again, train fight, entertaining, yeah, bit of comedy along the way, yeah, good old fashioned, like. good old fashioned fisticuffs with an oversized villain. You know, bring it back to those sort of Jaws type things. You know, that fight with yeah. um, Spy Who Loved Me, and then From Russia with Love. You got the train fights there as well, uh, or Live and Let Die to a point. So I think that that worked pretty well. There's a couple of nice one-liners on there as well, but I must admit you know and i think i may have said this before but um from a health and safety point of view you only had to push against some of those items and the whole bloody room fell apart the carriage is just it's dismantling itself every time you you push against it crash that's gone the whole bars collapsed everything's it gone. blimey who finished this job who tipped the, who signed off on this you know because certainly the uh, the train carriage in in um, from russia would love way sturdier uh, yeah, no toys about yeah. that you know that was good old-fashioned engineering back then you know? mm, better than they do something different isn't it because it in from russia would love it is so confined isn't it yeah whereas with this at least you move out of the carriage out of the going dome. around a yeah. bit and smashing into different areas yeah. of it no, I know that one complaint is where on earth has everyone gone. I suppose they, they scream off, don't they? But there's just no you, you one. You don't about. see them leave, but yeah, no, you just, no. you're 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 made to assume. Ah, uh, they've seen the fight kick off, and they've they've gone back to including yeah, all the stuff the, uh, everywhere else. But um, no, it's, uh, it's good fight. Good fun. It's a good fight. Doubles are great. You know, very very good stuff for the doubles. So I, I don't uh, Rob De Groot, who is um, Mr. Hinks, Mr. Hinks double and has been for many moons. Doubles him on on all of his pictures and very sturdy, very versatile. Not awful big, if the truth be known. You know, you put them together and you think, ah, but it's filmed at such a way and such an angle that you go, yeah, okay, this really works. So great job there as well, I think.
Right, well, no time to die. Here we go. <laughs> no time like the present to die. Well, talking of just, I don't know, overkill of the trailers and everything and the promotional stuff, felt like we'd seen a lot of the material, you know, pre-title sequence, didn't we? It did, really. The, 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 the problem, I thought, was that you hadn't seen too much of the first part and you saw most of the second part, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. But, again change of change of crew members so lee morrison who's now been part of the bond team for quite some time as a performer and as an assistant coordinator is now the top dog with olivier schneider and they come at these things slightly differently of course they're going to do things slightly differently the opening sequence in the ice and the snow and it's done in you know i think the pre-title this opening part of the pre-title is fabulous it's never been mm. uh, it's something i'd never associated with a bond movie i agree certainly something that i hadn't seen before yeah. and i don't think many people had and the amount of doubles that you need for this sequence is is, is quite staggering you've got inside the house when safin comes in wearing his mask doubled by a guy called sebastian suda who is the guy who is shot and then falls off the top Outside, he's doubled by another guy called Hassett Saravani, who's uh, British, and doubles him on the ice. But I think particular shout really needs to go to the two young girls who who are doubling for young Madeline. And there's two of them, and the reason there's two of them is because of the actual conditions that they're filming in. Yes, they're wearing a wetsuit. Yes, they're wearing protective clothing. But you still can't be in that water for too long because it is actually dangerous. Some of those shots were done as a studio shot, tank shot anyway. The ma- yeah. majority of it is done on location. And mm. so uh, Christina... Where was that done? Was it, uh, it was the Faroe Islands, was it? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So you've got Christina Petru, Chelsea Mather are the two girls who are doing the physical doubling there, and I think they do a magnificent job. Yeah. And again, that moment under the ice, he's looking and then he fires... That's face replacement there. That's actually one of them underneath the water. And I think that's very, very clever indeed. Um, So they've done a great deal of work on that and the uh, the timing has to be absolutely spectacular you know you can't mess about with it because you're you're working in temperatures that are lunacy i mean that, you know they have to come out and you can only be in this condi- the, uh, in these temperatures for a short burst of time you can only be in the water for 30 seconds a minute whatever it takes then you've got to come out and then somebody else has got to replace you so they were rotating it around themselves for a while so great stuff there And the rest of the stuff, of course, we saw in the trailer, really. Yeah. You know? Um, the jump on the bridge as well. The jump from the bridge. David Grant doubling Daniel, jumping from the bridge. And it's obviously he's wired. He's grabbing onto the cable on the side. I also thought that the uh, the explosion at the graveside was pretty graphic as well. That's He's wearing a... Um, mm. Again, we mentioned it earlier, a ratchet, which ratchets him out of the way. The explosion goes off and he's forced backwards. And that's pretty violent and looks very violent too. But So it, it captures all of that beautifully. So that's very good. And of course, they split the doubles. So you've got David Grant and then you've got on the motorcycle, you've got Paul Edmondson, who is a, uh, a wonderful world champion motorcyclist. He does all of the stuff as far as the motorcycling for bond the jump particularly for bond which had to be rehearsed a number of times got to be at the right speed got to be at the right gear going up to be it's 45 feet up with a 14 foot drop at the top 
Um, you know, it's I a big jump from the audience. Mm. To be fair, that yes, yeah, absolutely. Really and of course, they're filming it with a drone. So yeah. the drone flies over the top of it, and you get the catch the shot from the other side. So you know that would have had to have been a crane before a crane shot, and uh, there's safety issues as far as that's concerned. So from a drone point of view, the, the drones are perfect for this type of action. So him on the bike, he also doubles Cyclops on the bike as well. Incidentally, yeah. mm. Paul. And then you've got JCR, Jean-Charles Rousseau, who is the other double for Daniel, who does a lot of the physical, other physical fights and doubling throughout the movie. But, and of course, the driving is down to the usual team of Mark Higgins and Ben Collins and that sort of stuff. And although, you know, impressive, I think one of one of those, I don't know, it just maybe it needed something else. It just needed mm-hmm. a certain yeah. something. There was this incredible chase, and then they end up at the train station, and then nothing happens after it. Oh, really? Where's the yeah. rest? Where's the people chasing after you? Where's all of this stuff? I was expecting the world to come careering down, you know? Did anybody die? I don't even know. Did anybody die? I mean, you know, no. we don't know these things. Did any of those bullets actually make any contact? It looked like they didn't make any contact at all. The Gatling guns on the front of the DB5 yeah. firing thousands of rounds per second and just, you know, killing fruit and melons going everywhere. Yeah, so, you know, uh, that's, uh, that sequence itself, I would like, me personally, I would like to think that that's the end of the DB5. I don't really want to see it again for some time. Uh, if it if it happens to be on a in a picture on a wall somewhere, that would do. <laughs> you know, like they do with all M's. Yeah. But um, I think the um, the DB5 has had its day. I well, it's the callback thing again. Isn't oh, it? Yeah, it, don't, I don't think modern audiences are that desperate for. Unless you're a fan, you know they're doing it for. Yeah, if you're but, a fan, they go, "Hey, look, I've just made a reference to the spy who loved me," and nobody yeah. else around you realised apart from you. Go, yeah, so what? Don't but do the Bond that. Fans, you know. I'm sure they wouldn't be that bothered. If that's kind of thing. Um, how you please a fan, we've lost the fan base. The way to please a fan is to entertain them. 
work and then they came up with i know we'll kill felix and so they did that and then thought oh wait a minute we're left with something else so on the strength of that you know daniel's asked anna Darmus to come in and and course, read yeah. this or do this piece and she's brilliant yeah. it really does make a massive difference to the film and i think that sequence itself and again beautifully shot very well done and the action well, sequence the in that well. is terrific and again we should really compliment um a couple of people here munyar mula is Anna de Armas's double uh, for the physical fight. So when she's up against the three guys, that's that's her doing that. Uh, Anna does a great deal of it, but also from some of those shots, they do that as well. And then another girl called uh, Marie Morom, who's German, and she doubles uh, Nomi, uh, Lashana Lynch, throughout this. So that you know, the, the taking Valdo, who's doubled by David Newton, and swinging him from one side to the other to get rid of him. Also, that fall onto the car, incidentally when she drives into the scaffolding yeah that he's done that for real there's no wire on that he's yeah. literally falling from that onto the bonnet of that car so very very impressive i must admit but there are moments like that when afterwards when you know he said you were excellent thank you very much. oh you were pretty good too great uh, look me up next time oh there's the cigar and they go and if the credits had have rolled then i'd have gone do you know what <laughs> that was pretty good you know i enjoyed that mm. and then now you know, minutes, probably as well. <laughs> you've well yeah You've then got to go from that to the to the boat sequence, and again underwater, very complicated underwater as well. But I mean, they decent fight with around. the CIA guy, Magnuson. How did he know I was going to be there? Yeah, they're they're impressive. Again, done for real, you know, yeah. edited in such a way that I mean, they're very fast movements. Of course, he then goes out through the door and down the steps, you know, and and lands in a heap at the uh, at the bottom where Felix is. So. You know, all all of all of that type of physical action is is very impressive, and you would you would expect nothing less. You know, you, those type of action scenes, you want them to be done real, and they are. And those fights that uh, Olivier is bringing in and and, and Patrick Vaux is arranging, these are the type of fights that work for Daniel's Bond. It's a different era, it's a different time zone, it's a different timeline, and yet. You know, the, the producers continue to meddle with time mm. and they started by having bloody Judy Dench's M in Casino. She oh, should yeah. never have been there in the first place. So that it just doesn't work. Uh, she's not his M. She's Pierce's M. Ah. But he's at the at the end of his career and then all of a sudden, at the start of another yeah, career, just, oh, still yeah. M. How does that happen? I'm confused. So <laughs> you know, they they made that confusion and made it made it complicated right the way through. But you know, what can you do? You just you have to yeah. make the but best of is, what you've got. I suppose she's such a good actress. I think that was part of the thing that she she elevates the material, doesn't she? You know, Dench. They, oh, well, want, yeah, yeah. They wanted a familiar face. I think maybe I don't know to bridge it because they just had that and David Arnold and. I suppose Martin Campbell coming back to to have that tr- transition. There's, there's no, you know, they they've got the same Tanner's not in that one, is he? Or he is, but he's played no, with somebody no, he else. No, comes in Quantum. Quantum. Yeah. There's no Q in no, in that either. So there's no Scooby Doo team, right? The Scooby <laughs> team, the uh, they're not <laughs> set up, and yet M then continues to be the same M right the way through. And I go, what am I confused? Yeah. And she dies at the end of Spectre of uh, Skyfall. So I don't know. It's all very confusing. I think they 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 take their own goalposts and they go right. We're going to have them here today. No no yeah. no no no. I said here. 
let's put them over there. Let's move the goalposts a bit. And I suppose with your own franchise, you can do that. But yeah. you, you have to look at it in a slightly different point of view when people go, do you know, you can't meddle about with these things. And you keep, ref- you know, it's a different timeline completely. And yet let's have lots of references to previous films, i.e. the Aston Martin, for instance. You don't need that anymore. Let's get rid of it. Let's do something else. There's a lot of deaths of the main characters, like we said. Oh, yeah, people dying. There's obviously Vespa. It starts with Vespa, which is in the story, and that's fine, and that's that's good. Obviously, no. Quantum's best, so that doesn't have one. <laughs> no, and then, no, Skyfall. I'm only joking. You asked that. Just Mathis. Mathis, yeah, that's true. Mathis. Yeah, of course, what we're talking Mathis. about. Yeah. Right. Funeral, funeral yeah, that in, in a dumpster. That's right. Yeah. I wonder who had his stunts in that. <laughs> Craig was like, I want to do this myself. I I'll do it. Him. I'll chuck him in. But yeah, there's a, there is a reoccurring then, um, theme of death and destruction. Um, Spectre, um, yeah. Spectre, no. No. Good film. There you go, there you go. Right, there we go. That's I, I see. one. Super. Jobs are good. Um, I, I think it's what it's that, if it was, we've said this before, but if it was written in reverse and you're going to kill Bond, anything's off, uh, anything, you can do anything you want now. Killing Felix and Blofeld, it's immaterial, you know, it's secondary, isn't it? The, the, uh, having the kid is the, the other big thing, which seems to get lost in all of it. Yeah, but it's in the book, Tom. No, it's in the books. Send the it books. really is. It really is. Oh, it's not in the books. No, it's 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 suggested. <laughs> I think is the is the phrase. I think, um, I think you could do one off with him having a kid. Perhaps it's just where do you go from then? But, but you can't look have who's talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing yeah. doing Bond with a kid. I was being facetious when I said about in the books. I, I, I don't yeah, yeah. Like it at all. If, if Bond has a kid, that's the plot. That's the be-all and be yeah, all. Yeah, that's the story, yeah. You can't just oh, add it partway through. Exactly. Yeah. License to kill. The plot is that Felix Leiter gets maimed and his wife dies. So we go on a revenge mission, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we get the greatest Bond film of all time. So so how Felix Leiter dying is not the main thing. Yeah. James Bond's biggest villain of all time dying is not the main thing. How James Bond having a kid is not the main thing will kill James Bond instead. It's it's a shambles. It's like Hollyoaks when it was really trying. <laughs> Honestly, wasn't expecting that transition. Bear with Hollyoaks was trying to get like viewers in, and they were trying to get all the student viewers. They had Silas Blissett Murder Week, and they basically killed someone off every day to try and build the ratings up. And that is what James Bond has done. They've just done a third week to just see how can we build up the rating. Let's kill a few more. It's a- Do you mind if I just Google Hollyoaks <laughs> to find out what this is? <laughs> Gained a lot of viewers now. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, from a Hollyoaks point of view, obviously they've saved themselves a great deal of money by knocking off characters left, right and centre. But <laughs> when you've got the lead character, the main character in a franchise, particularly as I found out fairly recently, that this decision was made after... Um, yeah. Casino Royale premiere at Germany. I think it was the German premiere, uh, and Daniel and Barbara are in the car going back to the hotel, wherever they're going, and he, he says, how many yeah, of these yeah. have I got oh, to yeah, do? Yeah. And she says, four. And he says, oh, okay. Well, I'll do them, but can I kill him off at the end? And she went, yep. What? That's it? <laughs> there and then? Not even a, are you fucking kidding me? My father <laughs> would have your ass, mate. I tell you, yeah. no, just a yes. And that bothered me. You know, that's the start of that's the start of the franchise. And all of a sudden, um, a decision has been made right there that, yeah, at the end of it, you can do what you want. And, that, and I think that, that that's 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 alarming and is worrying. That that's the very reason why he's my least favourite Bond. 
not because he's the worst Bond, but because for somebody to a have that power, but mainly have that arrogance to even mm. come and suggest after one film that that yeah. is an that is an interesting point because uh, certainly none of the other actors were producers or in a position where they were credited as producers yeah. or able to have the same clout. Connery is probably the only exception as far as Never Say Never Again is concerned because he had huge amounts of clout. He'd made seven pictures or six pictures by that time and the director had only done one, you know, so on the strength of that, he was a a greater source of knowledge and knew about the character better than anybody else. But to suggest, I'd like to kill your character off and for him to be given green light for that is very alarming. If Barbara continues, though, she'll double back on that because no one will compare to Daniel for her. So she'll be ordering them about and, Uh, no, sorry, you can't do this, you can't do that. Personally speaking, I think that is the case. I think that uh, she's had her eye on Daniel for a very, very long (laughs) period of time. Professionally, you understand. And, um, (laughs) you know, as soon as she saw him walk down the corridor in Elizabeth with that gown on, she went... This is the guy, and all of a sudden, that was it. She was there was nothing, nobody else. That was it. And as soon as he's taken the role, and she's, you know, she he has been a massive part of her life ever since. And I think she's going to find it very, very difficult to replace him, even though she knows she has to, and she knows that they have to do something completely different and go back to, you know, give us a string of Roger Bonds for a while. Yeah, just you know, let's go back to having some bloody fun. Which is there? Any, is there any chance of having a laugh and having leaving the cinema going? That was fantastic. I'm going to see that again. I really enjoyed that, and I'm going to buy every different format it comes out on, and all that stuff that you do when you're a fan. You know, the toy car. So you just want to have a great, a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I also will say that a lot of which uh, I know we sidetracked the gags for a moment, but we go back to the the action for a second. And a lot of, as we talked on earlier, a lot of the action, big gags in this picture, were in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what you tend to do with with trailers is you give it, you know, you you throw the kitchen sink at it if it's good, and if it's bad, because you still want people to come in and see the movie. But then you see the movie and you realise, Jesus, there's loads of stuff here, and they've only shown the little, you know, some of the interesting bits or some of the best bits in the trailer and the rest of it's equally as good well there there's a lot of action in this picture and a lot of it turns up in the trailer yeah the and there isn't that extra step Norway that goes forward that, that, as well, isn't there? yeah i wanted to be able to go oh this is that little piece from the thing and then you see the rest of this and i'd seen it all a with with obviously um uh, youtube footage from people who were on holiday in matera at the time the other bits and pieces and the chase stuff there but also the land rover chases and all of that sort yeah. of stuff and the scotland sequence and all that sort of stuff and the, i was I, I hadn't seen anything that i hadn't seen or, or that that i was um uh, that was hinted at in the trailer and, and that was that was again it was a shame because that's not the way that they normally do that with yeah. Bond. They throw stuff at you and then go, "That's just the tip of the iceberg." You wait till you see Especially the movie; it's got all of this. Hours forty three minutes as well. You would expect you'd think something with exactly. Yeah. But I will say that that Range Rover turning over in the in the in the chase was magnificent, and Martin yeah. Ivanov, who did that, was very pleased with it too. To get it looping right over the top of the road as the car passes under it, fantastic. Yeah. And I've got a lovely photograph of him stood outside it after he'd rolled it with a big smile on his face. He was very, <laughs> very pleased with himself, and rightly so. It's a, it's a great moment. 
Uh, and there aren't, an, I don't think there's enough of them really in the picture, to be honest. The stunts would seem better if they were in better context. For, for us, and I know loads of fans love this film, and I don't want to. Yeah. No, no, I'm not taking anything away from the people who like it. Yeah, I, I find like. there's been a, a thing not too, uh, fairly recently about people putting up their, their list of best bonds and best this and bits and pieces. And, <laughs> you know, No Time to Die turns up a lot in their top 10, if not in their top two. You know, you're going, wow, really? That's interesting. It's way down the bottom with me with, with Die Another Day, and it stays there perfect. I, I'm glad it's got somebody to talk to. The fact that it's, you know, the two of them down there together, it's a bit bit lonely having Die Another Day down there on its own for so long. But uh, uh, what's interesting is that box office receipts, obviously it's, it did terribly well at the box office. They're not all fans. You know, they're not no, all no. fans of Bond movies. These are... Um, what was um, uh, civilians they're they're going in off the street they're not fans fans they're movie fans they want to go and see bond and And they like it and they liked it you know and i was uh, i I saw a screening a couple of days after it came out in leicester square the titles roll at the end and people are leaving and then you know it said james bond will return the place was in uproar of laughter and you go because that's not what you want they've gone hang on says James Bond will return. Yeah. Ah, they had a big old laugh about it, you know. I don't know. I just think it's unnecessarily complicated for a Bond film. You want to go in, have an absolute magnificent roller coaster from start to finish. Oh. Love the character, all the quips, lots of girls, having, you know, uh, lots of unprotected sex left, right, and centre, <laughs> as Bond would usually do. Is, uh, is that Austin Powers? I'm mean, one of the yeah, other. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, you know, that sort of thing. And then you want to leave on a high. After it and go, that was sensational. Really enjoyed that. And I, I don't know. I've got it on DVD. I've got it there. I've I've watched it once with my father. Oh, and right. uh, the last the last time he enjoyed he enjoyed it, but he said to me, "It's not a Bond film, is it?" And I said, "No." That was the thing. He recognised it as being great fun, and that's Bond. But it's not a Bond movie. And I think I that's think if we weren't as invested in it. We'd be a bit more. You know, to be fair, that's a damn decent action film. Out of context, as a one-off film, I don't know. I'd, Although it does presume some knowledge, doesn't it? Of it does, but film. again, Literally. you know, you you can take that premise with with your eyes only, which I think kind of fits that genre. Sure. You take Bond out of the equation, put any character in, and it still works as a cracking yeah. film. You're right, yeah. it really does. And so, <laughs> if they had have considered that as an option, they'll maybe you know they they said we've got this other film that we're going to do as a Bond. And that's the one we can just put any character in there. Maybe it would have worked that way. Dad's normally pretty good. He'll watch he'll watch something and and doesn't matter what it is. If he likes it, he'll get into it. And he enjoyed it, you know? He enjoyed it the way that lots of people enjoyed it. But he made it very clear that's not a Bond film though, is it? Aww. Because, you know, maybe he's got the 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 Sean Connerys or the Roger Moores or the Pierce's, you know, that's a Bond film. But this was very clearly not as far as he was concerned. And and I think there's a lot of people out there that think that. I'm I'm one of them, unfortunately. But, you know, from a from an action point of view, it ticks a lot of boxes in a lot of places. I think there maybe could have been room for a, a touch more in places. They could have made use maybe of instead of having that phenomenal set that they had for that that uh, layer that Safin has with all the all the people in the plastic max sweeping the water and all of that sort of stuff, you know. And they and they blew a bit up over there, and then they blew a bit yeah. up over there, and they had one bloke falling in the water and one bloke falling in the water. And Let's have an army. Let's have a you and live twice. Let's, yeah, let's let's have an overall fight, you know? Yeah, yeah, overall. Yeah. Blues in the reds against somebody else. That's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's where I am with it, I think. Can't wait till next time. Well, yeah, 
to celebrate the 60th anniversary. He, he's died, but hopefully we'll, <laughs> hopefully we'll learn that he is back from the dead. Or oh, dear. I mean, yeah, where, where, John, first of all, John Kell, where, do you, where would you like the Bond series to go, just in terms of stunts? What? I don't know. Would you? I think. Would you go Mission Impossible, or would you be a bit more subtle and have more sort of fist fights and things like that? No, I wouldn't go fist fights. I'd go more Mission Impossible in a lot of ways. Um, I, when I think of what sets Bond apart, I, I am no stunt expert, but I think, as I mentioned, Goldeneye and, and the tank driving through the um, mm. driving through Saint Petersburg. I love the idea of something that only Bond would do in the middle of society it's uh and that's what i want more of i'd absolutely be taking it back to doing jaw-dropping stunts single missions uh i want to see i want to see bond come near to death escape it in a way only bond can and then say a quip like and brush it off like that because that to me is what i watched when i when i grew up it's what i watch now when I'm down and I'm like, I'm, I need to watch a Bond, that's what I want to watch. Uh, that is James Bond to me. Is it the Bond of the Flemings? Um, probably not. But even when you watch Sean Connery films, there is an aspiration to what who he is as a person and the things he does and the stunts he does, that his films do, sorry, that I want to see more of. My thing with the Daniel Cray was, Helicopter, helicopter aside, which I think is an extraordinary stunt. I think I think a lot of the stunts recently, taking Casino Royale because I think that's a brilliant film, but I think the rest of them are good stunts, but they're not anything that I really don't see in other action films. I don't, yeah. I don't find them things that, oh, that's a Bond film. I say, oh, that's an action film, and they're impressive. But they don't have that Bondism, so to speak, like that's only ever going to happen in a Bond film. And I want to see yeah. a trademark like that again. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know the, the, the benchmark was set with Bond back in the 60s, and you wouldn't have the Mission Impossible pictures you have today if it wasn't for Bond. No. And, and also an interesting point that um, Lee Sheward mentioned in your interview with him yeah. was that on Mission Impossible, he was sat with Greg Powell, the coordinator, and Tom Cruise came over and they were chatting about the setup train sequence. I think somebody had asked him, how much is this costing, this whole train setup? Because a huge green screen, 007 stage has been taken over, massive train, all this sort of bits and pieces. And the whole thing came to about $18 million just for this gag. You go, really? Yeah. <laughs> and Lee said, I'd have done it for half the money for real. So what do you mean? So what do you, you know, we've got facilities these days. We can tie you on and wire you on here and you'll be safe as houses. And he said he'd like to think that the seed was possibly sown yeah, there that yeah. Tom went, do you know, he's got a point here. We could save money and get things. Now that's fine. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are moments in these pictures where you need to see the character there. You need to see the actor playing the character, doing the stuff for real, but not all the time. You know, you don't need to see him breaking an ankle like like you saw Tom Cruise yeah. break an ankle jumping yeah. from one building to another. You don't need to see that because, you know, that's not something that should be done. Uh, only the fact that, the, that you know, Tom is the executive producer on the picture and if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. You know, there's lots of stuff he does that you don't need to do. 
So um, I would uh, I wouldn't want to see it go fully in that direction, but I would like to see it go in the direction of Mission Impossible from a sort of right individual story point of view. This is the this is the picture this we're doing. These are the characters. Here's the big opening thing. Here's the title sequence. Here's the plot. Here's your mission. Go and do it. Kill the bad guy. Do it this. Fun. And then leave in a blaze of glory. And I think we need that after the 15 years we've had, not so much with Casino, but certainly with the rest up and down in various stages and the fact that they've been so long between films. They were churning movies out every two years you know, for 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 yeah. so long. I mean, Barbara's already going on the journey of Macbeth with Daniel Craig. So, I, yeah, it's knows not going to be immediate. She's no. not looking for anybody at the moment. So, it may be a couple of years down the line. And then, if we do get it going, I'd like to think that it would be every three years, maybe a push. But I don't. So uh, just three years, not, every three years. I'll yeah. settle for that. You know, bless you. Two years was amazing because you'd do they'd finish you'd see one film yeah. they'd be filming it whilst you were watching it and then the next year it'd be out the phone you go this is fantastic I love this unbelievable isn't it when I, I miss like it terribly tomorrow never dies like to think how how many obstacles and how quickly that had to be made and how many script changes yep. and then no you know well there's not enough sorry no that's it yep. now Churning, the day, churning them out. It's a machine. A bit more. Churning out the Bond movies because we can do it. We've done it for years. We know what we're doing here. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. You go, oh, this is oh, this is fantastic. All right, you have some good ones. You have some bad ones. You make some hits. Yeah, you have yeah. some misses. But I'd rather see them all and go and make my own mind up as opposed to waiting nine years for this and six years yeah. for that and five more years for the next one. I can't just, you know. And if the actors on board and the films aren't don't have to be quite so connected, it does become the conveyor belt. Yeah, because you know, I suppose Quantum came out fairly soon. Some might say too soon. You know, they didn't do enough preparation after it. Mm-hmm. And then there's what there's three years between Skyfall and Spectre. Notwithstanding that it took a bit of persuading to get Mendes back and Craig, they still managed to do it within three years, didn't they? So there's there's got to be some way. But I just I just don't think they've even decided. They don't even know where they're going to go with it, do they? I really don't believe that. Michael G. Wilson was writing Quantum on the set of Casino Royale. Yeah, he he was right. That he was writing it as um like as a start of a revenge thriller. Now. No, I'm contradicting my point a bit in a sense because I'm not a massive fan of it and I feel like it did go in the wrong direction. But it's the idea that there was a bit of... They had had an idea. We're in in a space now where the exec producer of of Eon is is supposed to looking for a bond, gallivanting, producing... In between, in between uh, uh, poker sessions, he's oh. writing the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, I, you know, producing Shakespeare for the actor that, what planet do we live on? The fans, <laughs> the fans waited six years for a Bond film. Yeah. Blown up. I'm, 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 I'm really. And then you compare that with Diamond. In a nutshell. Well, the only way they could get him back was he had that, you know, massive, was it 1.25 million salary? Yeah, and Shitloads he could do a Shakespeare. He could direct his own Shakespeare. You know, but that that wasn't what the United Artists wanted. You know, it was sort of it's the opposite of what's happening here. Well, I mean, it, we, they'd also signed somebody else. You know, yeah, they'd, well, they'd no, signed John like, Sorry, 
you know, we, we, we're carrying on here without you. We're, we're going with a big fat Scotsman, mate. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> afraid. Uh, keep the money, though. That's all right. Oh, cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you live in hope that there, yeah. somewhere down the line, somebody's going to see sense and go, right, we've got to grab this by the scruff of the neck, shake it, and bring it back to where it should have been. Yeah. And carry on where we left off back in uh, 1989 or indeed 1999. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 1999, I'll settle on that. Yeah, 99. But I also don't think that they need this whole, they, need, they have to be very similar to the books or they need to go back to the books. The Bond film universe is 60 years old. It's so much bigger and longer than the, the, you know, the duration of the books. Mm, that's it. I'm not having a go at the books, but it's so far beyond that. And, Cinema is a totally different art form. You know, we're not making things to sort of, for a sort of bedtime story, you know, or reading a book at a beach. This is now a sort of massive franchise where we have to wow the audience. We have to show them things they haven't seen. And it's sort of like, it's great to go back to the book in terms of the characterization. And, you know, we all would like it to be a bit, I mean, I think, no time to die just went too far. It felt more too fantastical for me compared to some of the other Daniel Craig ones. The the other thing, just again from my point of view, but but what what was alarming for me as well was the fact of how unbelievably positive all the production people, you know, the the actors, the director, the producers, they were so excited about this film. You know, yeah. we, we, we don't know what's happening at the end of the movie. But and they're not telling anybody, but they were so excited for everybody to see this because this was, you know, it's the great send off to Daniel Craig after his 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 tenure as Bond, and we're so excited for people to see this, and we know you're going to love it. And they kill the character. You go, yeah. Which part of this did you think I was going to really enjoy? I'm sorry, I'm confused. You know, this character that that you know, I've dedicated over 40 years of my life to, and you just blow him up at the end of the picture like it's the most natural <laughs> yeah. thing in the world. You just killed James Bond. And then, is that who it was? And then, is that who it was? <laughs> and then you play a Louis Armstrong track that shouldn't even be in the movie in the first place. So, you know, you do all of these things. Oh, my God. What's going on? It's confusing. I don't understand it. But the, <laughs> the, the positivity behind everybody it gets everybody go, you go, wow, if they're positive about it, we're so excited. We can't wait for you to see this movie. We know you're going to love it. It's going to be fantastic. We are really pleased with it. Yeah. I'm Daniel. How do you think I'm really pleased with it? I think it's a very, very, it's a great Rami. What? Oh, sensational. We, we loved it. Yeah. It's great to make. I'm really excited by it. You see the movie go, are they talking about the same film? <laughs> I'm just really confused by the whole thing. This, this positivity trip where people are obviously going to go, I'm not sure you should have done that. I think you've made a mistake. They don't care because box office says you've made a great movie. Box office return says this is very successful. Well done you, but there's, there's something much deeper than that. And I don't think you can mess around. You can't mess around with the, some things that people need. They yeah. need it psychologically. They, they, you can't just, dive in and right we'll just get rid of that we'll start afresh with something else can't just do that you have to have there's got to be that that um fluidity between this character who's been here in various other guises and various actors and this guy who's taken over as the role you can't just disappear off on a tangent yeah all right the timeline changed because the story changed they said they got casino and they had to have bond as the start of story fine but don't mess about with it at the end don't have a full 
a full arc. You know, he's retired full, yeah. once already. Novice to death. Yeah. Oh my word. Anyway, I should get off. I should get off the soapbox, and uh, I'm gonna have a long lie down because I only get myself worked up. Sorry, mate. I have to ring. I'll have to. I'll have to ring the Samaritans again. They've hung up on me twice already <laughs> this week. So <laughs> I wouldn't ring them again. Hello. Oh God, it's you again, is it? Yes, it's me. Right, click. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a black joke, but uh, a dark joke. But um, maybe that's who Craig should have rang while he was on the island. Um... Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll come and get you within the hour. Yeah. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> Have you yeah, tried yeah, the yeah. auto clap? Yeah, hello. <laughs> I've tried everybody else. I don't know who else to turn to. You're my only hope. Oh. <laughs> Another great franchise. We've finally come to the end of this discussion, but... <laughs> We're at this point where we've we've had these films, and you know a lot of there is there are a lot of stunts in the Craig films. Do you think they'll be remembered for their stunts as much as some of the other films, though, Steve? I think they started quite well, as we've just discussed. I thought Casino Royale and actually Quantum of Solace are really got some really quite good stunt work in them. Quantum of Solace gets dismissed very quickly, and I think it's a little bit unfair. Mm. But I think that, that that the stunt work in that is. That fight sequence where they're all hanging on cables and things, I think, is really terrific. I, d- I don't think the Daniel Craig era will be remembered, no, for its stunts like the rest of Bond, because it will be remembered for a miserable guy who hated his job and wanted to retire, and then, you know, ended the way he ended, let's say. So I think it's a bit of a shame. I don't think they'll be rem- remembered for their set pieces, even though, they, you know, Casino Royale, again, had some pretty impressive set pieces. And actually, so Spectre's got some decent set pieces, mm. but it, mm. it just feels like, the heart wasn't in it in the same way. So, you know, those films, uh, they made lots of money. I know lots of people enjoyed them, and I think that's brilliant. I'm, I'm hoping that with the next films, because I'm hoping they want to change again, it's time for a change, we can go back to um, something with a bit more a lighter touch and some fabulous stunt work that blows us all away. We can but hope. We can but hope. If Bond's what alive, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with it. You want a bit of humour in your stunts as well. You know, the, the John Glenn films, there's there's a little bit of humour sometimes in and amongst it. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no reason you can't do a film with, with really good drama and still have humour because it's called Licence to Kill. Yes. <laughs> Which gets the perfect balance. I mean, it's, it's got real drama. You're really sucked into what the characters are doing and going through. Bond is probably the, arguably the most realistic performance from, from anyone with Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Um, you're really drawn into what happens with Felix, with his uh, wife. And yet the film still has a lightness of touch throughout where you get wonderful moments of humour. The, the, the scene with, um, with Q and, uh, and Pam where uh, they're, they're introducing oh. each other and, you know, he's, he's my uncle and whatever. I mean, that is one of the funniest it's scenes, really? I think, in Bond because it's so believable. It's not just a one-liner. It's a, it's a scene born, born out of the reality they're in and yeah. it just makes me laugh so much. So, you know, if you get a good director and you get a good script... So for that, you need good writers. I hope they can find some. <laughs> then uh, you could have a great Bond film. Would you have Martin Campbell back? I would. I mean, I know he's, he's obviously getting on now. I think uh, he certainly would do it. But... Yeah, I, I think he's a, a terrific director, especially for Bond. He, he, he gets action. We saw that we, we talked about Goldeneye and, the, and the, where he drops the sound on the, on the bungee jump, and that's a real 
that's a director's touch, I think, to, to go in the edit and say, actually, yeah, let, let's not have any music here. Let's just let it breathe, like they did with The Spy Love Me. He's yeah. great at capturing, capturing close-ups of actors in the middle of intense action scenes. You look at all those shots of Brosnan where you just catch him as he just backs into a wall and he, he just got a, you know, just a tiny facial expression. And I think Campbell does that well. He did it well in Casino Royale as well. He gets those little subtle moments. And I think action films need that, especially as, as John will tell us, that a lot of the scene is stuntmen. So if you can get little cutaways of the actor that really fit in and just add, they can add their little touch to it. I think he's brilliant for that. So I'd definitely have him back. I'd love him to do another Bond film. And uh, while Casino Royale started a direction I wasn't massively keen on, as a standalone film, had they not stuck on that trajectory, I think in many ways is is standout brilliant. I I just don't like it so much because of where it took the the series later. But um, yeah. Uh, but I would definitely like more stunts, you know, and, and, no, and as little CGI as is possible, because that's what makes Bond different uh, from everything else. You know, Mission Impossible is trying to take its throne. I think Bond needs to fight yeah. back. Oh, yes, Steve. Rallying call. A rallying call. Brilliant. Right, well, this has been a, an absolutely epic slog through the, the stunts of the James Bond franchise. I'm sorry, John Orty, we didn't discuss Never Say Never Again. And Casino Real 1967. I apologise for that. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Maybe on a bonus, you know, sort of filler episode ah. for the for the diehards. Who knows? Certainly. But yeah, I mean, you could go on. There's so many things we haven't mentioned. There's so many little individual fights and stage scenes that are incredible. And there's minutiae within those stunts that certain people did that don't get the credit. And John has tried to identify some of them for us, which has been brilliant. Because there are untold stories, you you know you'll you'll have heard of the Rick Sylvester's, the B.J. Worths, perhaps. But you know there are there are hundreds and hundreds of people who've worked on these, and the stunt coordinators themselves are, aren't perhaps too well known. But you know we've spoken to Lee Sheward, we've spoken to Sid Child, and we're, we're going to speak to more of these stunt people because they're, they're brilliant, and I love their individual stories and how they came into these these films and how they've made the mark on the franchise and it's that sense of a bond family as well and i think we've just about we've just about got it we're, we're hanging on for dear life at the moment and it, of course as the years go on people get older retire and die of course but let's just have a little return to the ways of the stunts in our james bond films because if you ask the, the person on the clapham omnibus it's i bet you it's in the top three things they'd say why they want to watch a bond film at the cinema i assure you so let's have them back. Here, here. <laughs> Quite right, too. And, and, and thank you, uh, guys, for having me. And John, so fascinating to hear. Your, your knowledge yeah. is, is extraordinary. I mean, you know right. everybody's name, and, and I just think that's phenomenal. Oh, you no, even knew my right. name. I mean, that was amazing. I know, right? <laughs> Don't say I don't do my research here, you know. <laughs> I need to know people. I need to know them. We'll do a deep dive. That's what I do. We have people everywhere. We have people everywhere. <laughs> in the auto club. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take care, and good evening, everybody. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.